Redette Serrano, I get to talk to you. Thank you for taking time at the end of the week, at the end of a Friday, at 6 p.m. <laughs> when, how long ago did you finish work today? About 15 minutes ago. Oh my goodness. And you're, are, where, where are you at right now? Uh, so I work at the daycare Mini Hartman for Shepherd. Yep. Okay. So that's where you are currently right now in that room? Oh wait, no, right now I'm at the house. I'm at um, the girls. The girls house? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I've actually been in that house before. Oh. Different times with different groups of young adults and we've had meetings in the living room and I've helped some ladies move in and move out when they were staying there for a little bit. Um, but I've stayed at the guy's house mm. and the lady's house is bigger. Yeah, I think, yeah. Cause the guy's house is more, yeah, it's more of just a house. So I think, I don't know, it has a few rooms in there, but the girl's house is more like a dorm. So there's a lot of bedrooms. Yeah. yeah you get the long hallway with the, with the rooms across from each other and everything. And you got a nice, you got a nice big kitchen and, and, but it's got that kind of old school kind of living room vibe but driving by it on the street you'd never know that the house was that big yeah yeah I honestly think it's awesome it's it kind of feels like it was built for shepherd people it's really nice yeah that's that's I'm I'm glad to hear that I'm glad to know that you're you're feeling like it's a good place to be um yeah I can just I can just jump in and I start asking these random questions that are like five or six lines down the questions that I sent to you. So let me just take a breath. Just excited to be connecting with you. And just ask you to share with me and share with anybody else who might be listening to this eventually, um, who you are and how old you are, where you're from. And let's just start with that. Oh, lots of good intro questions. So obviously, yeah, my name is Redette Serrano. And um, well, I was living in Ohio before I moved to Indy for um, to work at Shepherd. Um, where I'm from, though, is an even bigger question because I was born in Ethiopia. And yeah, but I've been living in the States for a, a while now. So yeah. Like most um, of your life, you've been living in the States or... Yeah, I've been living here for like four, 14 years, and I'm I'm 20 years old. Um, so I'm I moved to um, Texas was where we were first living when I was six years old. Um, because my yeah I got adopted into a family that lives here in the states. Um, so yeah, so that's why I moved. How do you end up at Shepherd? What do you like? How did you get here? You're you're. You're in the lady's house. You've you've been serving all day. We're going to get some of the details of that. But what's the journey that brought you to um, committing to and being a part of the, the Urban Ministry Fellowship? Yeah. So I was doing missions in, in Mexico. So I was doing an art evangelism school there. Um, and it was right around March um, when we were supposed to be going on outreach um which would be going to different parts of Mexico and it got canceled because that's when COVID was starting up so we all had to go home and 
I was just praying to God and I was like, God, I'm not done doing missions. Like, I know this is what you're calling me to do, um, but there's nothing open right now. And I don't see what you have in store for me. And it was a long time of waiting and just not knowing, um, yeah, what I was going to do and where he wanted me to go next. And my sister had actually been working um, for Shepherd. Um, before she went off to do missions, she worked here for about six months. Uh, she began as a summer intern, and then she followed up and did a fellowship. Well, she did half a fellowship um, before she had to go um, to do missions. So she was back home too because her school got canceled. So we were both at home, and we were like, "Oh God, had spoken missions over our lives, and we're just not sure of anything." And then that's it. You know, Cohen just doing his job. He was checking in on Alina, which is my sister. And he was like, hey, like, if you're interested, we have positions open. We're starting a new daycare here. And he was like, you would be great for the job. And if you know anybody that would be interested, just go in and ask them. So obviously she was like, hey, we're, dead. we're not doing anything right now. Um, it is missions still, even though it looks different. Um, we are still fulfilling the work of the Lord and spreading, yeah, Christ around. And so I was like, wow, that's a lot to think about. And she said it would be a year long. So I was like, whoo, I really need to pray on that one. And yeah. I prayed for a really long time. Yeah. And even when I was away on missions, God really had spoken children over, over like my life. And like God, he really wanted me um, to work with kids and maybe do art with them. And yeah. So as I prayed more and he was like, okay, I see teaching, um, in you and yeah I see children in you so like hey Lord if this is where you want me to be then I will go ahead and do it and so I came and Alina prayed about it too and she decided she was also going to do it and so we came here together and it's been an awesome year. So is your, is your sister there right now? Yeah she is. But she she served there before or she's only serving there for six months? No, she was originally serving for six months yeah. and then she finished that and she went to go do missions yeah. and then she came back. And so she served um, another year. So she's, she's serving in another year in the, as a fellow as well. As a fellow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're just starting the, the fellowship this, this June. Nope. I'm, and I'm ending mine. Oh, so I'm towards I'm the end of mine. I'm I'm trying yeah. to I'm I'm trying I'm trying to keep up. So okay. So are you are are you then you're you're ending um mm -hmm. at the end of July you'll be done with the fellowship. Yeah, yeah. And I will I will be moving well kind of have already started the process of moving to being a staff at at the daycare. Oh really? So is that yeah. when you say at the daycare, are you you'll be shepherd a part of shepherd staff? Yep. Yeah, so it's like it's kind of like a chain. Like I'm shepherd staff, but I work at the daycare the whole yep. time. Okay, and what's the name of the daycare again? Minnie Hartman. So Alan and I were just talking about that um, again this morning, and he was kind of telling me some of the background. And I love, I love that the name is af and is after a, a black African American um, lady that worked in the cafeteria for like thirty years or something like that. Do I have the story right? Yeah, I think so. And I, I didn't tell Alan this morning, but my, my grandma um, that lived in Colorado all of her life, um, in many of her years, she was a lunch lady. So when he told me that, I immediately was like, 
that's like my grandma. And of course yes. they, should name, they should name the, the school, the preschool. And it, it is a preschool. I'm saying that right. Is that right? Um, yeah, the, we have preschool ages, but we also have younger. Okay. Is it, so is it like preschool, daycare, both? Yeah. Yeah. So we have, um, basically we run from infants to um, four-year-olds. So you have, you'll have your threes and fours that are, they're preschool age, and then the rest of them are younger. Okay. And so they run more of a daycare. So I, I, I want to hear more about your role there. But before we go there, because you've been there for a year now. Um, mm-hmm. And so you know backstory. You know people there. Um, share with me about, like, how, how the preschool daycare is connected to this facility where there's elderly adults living there and how that's a connection back to many, the Minnie Hartman school and like what the dynamic is, is there and kind of the purposes behind that. Yeah. So the big, the big vision with having it next to um, the, the other facility with the older people, I, I'm, yeah. So it was a pre, it was a pre COVID idea, which is that, okay, these young children, they need um, this wisdom and this love from like essentially like your grandparents. It would be that kind of um, that kind of vibe. And the, and some of the people in the, the nursing home or um, next door, they a lot of them are alone and they don't have people to visit them every single day. And so they're lacking this connection. Um, so, yeah, the big idea was, hey, let's bring those two. Um, two units on total opposite sides of the spectrum together Um, and they can spend time with each other and really I think they they learn from each other but they also gain something that they're missing Um, whether it's a baby that just needs someone to hold them and care for them and love them and that's something that they can offer and yeah for the older people who are just alone it's it's company for them to have Um, so we wanted to kind of just unite them together and so they're like hey we need volunteers we always need volunteers at the daycare and we're getting so many kids now so they could just come right from next door and maybe spend a few hours in the in the baby room if that's what they enjoy or going to see maybe the little bit older kids um so that's and we really are excited to see it come to life but because of covid we've had to really be strict and obviously um we would be dealing with um yeah elderly people or older people that they can are very high risk when it comes to COVID. And also we don't want to put any of our children in danger. So we've had to hold off on that idea and we haven't got to bring it to life yet, but we're still like, yeah, we're still getting prepared for it and we're still making connections. And I love seeing, um, yeah, our, our neighbors essentially as they leave their house and just saying hi, or we had one lady um, who saw one of our parents and they were like, oh, she walks her kids to the house every single day. She doesn't have a stroller or anything for them. So this this lady went and bought one and brought it to her. And yeah, the mom was so happy that she could have a stroller for her two kids um, because she walks them to the house every single day and back to the daycare. And so it was it was awesome to be a part of that or to just see the connections that are still being made regardless of COVID. Um, but yeah, that's the big idea wow. behind it. 
So Alan, Alan was also telling me that the number one demographic of, of parenting is, is single moms. And that the big benefit with Minnie Hartman is that the, you have this daycare, you have this preschool, you, you have kids that may or may not have grandparents or connection to them um, that now have these surrogate, potentially these surrogate grandparents that are living, yeah. you know, adjacent in the, in the building there. Um, and, and these single moms that are working have the benefit of knowing that their kids are being taken care of, that they're being, that they're being loved on. But Alan was, and maybe you can help me like uh, unpack this a little bit more. Alan was talking to me some just about the developmental impact that children between birth to three years old and like what, what the kind of, kind of what, what this underlying sociological purpose is to help these kids. And I just wondered if, if you could speak to that at all. Yeah, so, I mean, I will tell you as much as I have learned um, through this time, but yeah. it's such an That's important age. Yeah, it's, it's an important age for so many parts of development, whether it's um, reading, like if your kid is not reading by the age of three, they will most likely have trouble as they get older in school. Um, but also just connections. It, it's a, that developmental age is so vital. Um, so we really want to use that at many and whether it is, yeah, just making sure that we take time to read to them as much as we can throughout the day. But also it's an important um, age for to just start talking to them about Jesus because the younger that they start and they bring it home to their families, it, it sparks a lot for them. And it's kind of already in their head as they get up in age. Oh, like maybe I don't have a father, but like I know God and God can mm. be my father and he loves me. Um, so even for that, it's just the spiritual aspect of that too is something that we really want um, to reach. And yeah, just making sure that even at the age like between infants and threes having these certain toys um hits certain developmental milestones and so even if it's like stacking blocks it actually just really charges so many parts of their brain and it helps them develop at just a faster rate um so we just having a whole bunch of toys um surprisingly it really does help these kids develop um development just at the best level that they possibly can um so we just try to keep that in mind and we really try to give children space to play, but also as they're playing, they're learning and they're developing, which is, yeah, our big goal through this time. And it's, and it's fun. They're having a good time. Yes. And they're around other kids yeah. and they're in, a, they're in a safe environment. Now, a little bit ago, you said that they need, that, that, that um, if they're not reading by the age of, of three, and I'm just wondering mm -hmm. how many of the, how many of the three-year-olds are, 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 are actually reading? Well, correct. Okay. If they're they're starting to like learn their their letters by the age oh, of three. Okay. Sorry, so my apologies. No, it's okay. Yes. Hey, it's, the end, it's the end of the week. It's the end of yeah, it's sorry. the end of Friday. It's the end of your year in the fellowship. You know, yeah. I was just I was coming back around to that because I, I thought I'll just I'll just leave that because I do know that unless kids are hitting some benchmarks by third grade, that that mm -hmm. that's Yes. That, that's a huge is that right that's accurate isn't it I mean you live in it yeah I, yeah. I and I learn and I learn about it um but mm -hmm. I've absorbed some of the things from Shepherd over the years and sometimes I even repeat them accurately not all the time <laughs> so please correct me but when they when they're when they're reading by the age or by third grade hitting that mm -hmm. benchmark 
that's a huge indicator towards their uh, academic and scholastic success moving forward and if they're going to be advancing in school. And another mm -hmm. interesting thing that Alan shared with me, and I'm just fact checking with you that I, that I caught what he said correctly, is that be between birth to three years of age, um, children that are receiving um, uh, love and comfort and, and affection, um, uh, their brains form in a different way than kids that aren't receiving that and are being neglected. And those yes. that are neglected often tend towards more violent tendencies mm -hmm. in the future and later on childhood and, and adolescence and on into adulthood. And so many, and what, what you're doing there, what you're going on staff to be doing is, is all of these really good things that somebody could walk in and see on the surface but but there's some very um, systematic developmental sociological um, uh, negative measures that are being um, countermanded. They're being cut off at the pass because um, I, I don't know if our interns involved in many. Oh, I don't think we like, have any right now. Okay. But fellows are there. They have staff there. You have these surrogate grandparents that are vetted, um, and then are going to be, inter you know, helping out with 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 these little ones, and that that's changing lives. Mm -hmm. And you yeah. can be a part of that, Redette. You've been doing that for a year, and now you're signing <laughs> up to be on staff with it. Yeah. That yeah. It's cool. just it's really exciting to when you really think about it, but I know it, it can get overwhelming on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, but yeah, when I really sit back and I'm like, oh, like what I'm doing right now is really can change this kid's life and it, it, it affects their future. I'm teaching them these good coping mechanisms that they might never learn at home. Um, instead of just, you know, like some of them will start having a tantrum. I can teach them, oh, this is a better way to deal with your anger. Because if I don't teach them that, um, it's a possibility that nobody at home will, and they'll they won't find any positive ways to deal with the anger. And like you were saying, that's when a lot of um, aggressive tendencies come to be, and they can end up getting in trouble with the law and with many other things um, if they don't know that. And it just starts from this little tiny seed um, that mm. we're planting at Mini, and it grows to be just this beautiful plant or like this child that is out in the world. So yeah. yeah it, it is really exciting. Um, and I have to remember that every single day as I'm doing my job. Yeah. Well, you're, I mean, you're, you're in the, you're in the trenches, you're, you're in the front line and re both, you know, relationally and with the responsibilities that you have, I'm super curious on, you know, what your role looks like. We've been talking about it at kind of an overview level, but what is a, what does a day look like for you and what are your responsibilities? Yeah. Um, for me, I have, I mean, it's been really cool because I have had the chance to kind of float a little bit um, recently with different age groups. So when I first started my internship, I was with three-year-olds. Um, so I would come into work and we would have circle time, which is sitting down with the kids. And usually we would read a book or we would have a topic of the week, whether it was, oh, like the season, it's spring or it's summer. And then 
we would talk about like, oh, what, what happens during the season? The sun is out. It's really warm outside. Um, so a lot of, yeah, a lot of like bugs come out and you just get to really um, be elaborate with those things because they, kids love to hear about bugs and everything. And it teaches them a lot. And I love to, when they go home, they're like, hey, mom, I learned about bees today. This is what bees do or whatever it is. Um, so it's a great time. Circle time is very important for us. And we try to have that every single day. And yeah, it's just time for you to sit with your kids and just answer questions, which is another one of my favorite things is if they have questions to make sure that I never shut them down, but I try to answer them and encourage them. Um, yeah, and teach them through that process. And next we would usually have play time with, with learning stations all over the room. So the kids can go from station to station and each one has um, a topic or a subject that's focused on, whether it's math or or a reading area with books where they can just kind of sit. None of them, like you're saying, none of them know how to read it yet, but they look at the letters. pictures. They can see yes. the letters. Yeah, and they recognize some of the letters that they've been learning. Um, and we would teach them some letters and colors and like, give them a few numbers to focus on during their circle time. So then they get to carry that over to the um, center's time and just, yeah, look at books or play in the dramatic area, which teaches them like, even if it's kitchen stuff, they get to learn how to use different tools in that area. Uh, dramatic so, area. That sounds like where I would be hanging out is in the dramatic <laughs> area. Yes, it's a very fun area. Uh, yeah, and they love it. And if they get to dress up or, yeah, they get to have their little toolboxes and go around the room and fix things. That's and, what I'm talking about. Yes, a lot of action, a lot of hands-on stuff for them. Um, so yeah, those stations are really great and the kids enjoy doing them, but it's awesome because they're learning stuff as they're playing. And we try to have a lot of that time for them during the day. And then usually lunch would come around. So we get everybody all sat down and they eat their food. And we even try to use that time to learn, oh, like you're eating green beans. What, what color are those? Or you're eating corn. What is, what? What is it? Is it a fruit, a vegetable, whatever it is? You get to talk to them about that. And you're really just mm. trying to get it to stick in their head. So every yeah. every second of that day is an opportunity for them to learn something. Um, and then after that, I would take them to the gym or to go outside. And that's just for them to like burn all their energy, get all of it out, act crazy if they want, ride some bikes, um, hula hoop, jump rope, whatever they feel like doing. And sometimes I get to play tag with them, which is a lot of fun. And some of them run or like they're so much faster than I am but we love that time to just play with them yeah and, and it just enjoy they just enjoy the whole day and next after all of their energy is gone it's their nap time so usually say I love nap time I love nap time too and I wish I got a nap <laughs> most of the time but some of those kids who don't want a nap I'm like you don't know what you're missing out on you're gonna regret it when you get older yeah, they don't get it. They don't get it. They don't. Nope. So usually that um, takes up a good few hours or a couple hours of their time is just resting their bodies and, and yeah, giving their bodies time to process um, all, of that, uh, all of the actions that they had that day and even their brain, give them time to just, yeah, put all the knots together of everything that they've learned. And so that's an important time too. And then after that, they get up. Um, we eat, they eat their snack. And then after that, we try to give them even more um, time to just go through the stations and play. Like I said, all of those toys are targeting a part of their development that we really want to 
we want them, yeah, to be at a good spot with. And usually, yeah, we end the day with that. Or sometimes I'll give, and we like to give them options too. So like, hey, do you guys want to go outside? Do you guys want to go to the gym? Or do you guys want to sit down and read a book together? What are you, what would you like to do today? And so we spend that, yep, spend the rest of the day doing that. And then slowly kiddos are starting to go home by then. But I really like that time too, because it gives me a lot of one-on-one -on -one time with fewer kids too. And to just be like, hey, like, how are you doing? Even if they can only say good or, you know, to really check in on them and, and give them what they really need, whether it is just just one-on-one -on -one time with us reading a book or, or watching like a learning video or some of them like to have dance parties at the end of the day. And I love those too. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was, cool. that was, yeah, it, it's a, it, it is a good time. And that was most of my year was in the threes room. And I really enjoy that age group because they are at the time where they can kind of respond to me and they talk and they say a lot of funny things too. Um, but yeah. Yeah. My, and, my wife, my, sorry, my wife has been uh, a preschool teacher for a lot of years. And, um, you know, you're, you're listening through the activities, but I know how much planning behind the scenes, like for a, for a full day to go well with three and four-year-olds, you better be prepared. You don't just go in and wing it. You have a plan and oh, it's probably yeah. not going to go the way that, that, that you, you planned. But you've got your plan mm -hmm. and you can adapt from it. And they, those kids, they need that structure. They need the free oh, play, yeah. but they need the structure. And there's so much in, in, intention in it and everything. And I also, I just want to say this too about the reading thing from, from before. I know from talking with my wife that some three and four-year-olds are very capable of reading. And it's different from kid to kid. And some kids are going to be doing letters. Some kids aren't. Some kids are going to be doing words. Some kids are going to be reading a sentence. Some kids are going to look up and read something on a sign. You're going to be like, what? I didn't even know you could read. Yeah. They'll, they'll surprise you. But one of our favorite things to do, you're saying some of the stories they tell around the dinner table at night, oftentimes with my, with my wife and, and, and my daughter and boys, we'll be like, okay, Deborah, my wife's name, tell us some stories from preschool today. We can't wait. To, and there's kids we would check in on about this kid, that kid, and you know, there's some you know, funny bathroom stories, there's some funny lunch stories, there's, you know, yeah. preschoolers that are like, they're all like getting engaged and going to marry each other this week and the next week it's all cooties, you know? I don't know <laughs> if that happens in your preschool, but the boys and the girls are funny that way. Oh, yeah. Nope, we get that too. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. Is there any other part? I've got a couple other questions for you. Are there any other parts of, of that that you, you'd like to share? No, That's I think a pretty good rundown. Well, yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm just wanting to ask you directly, which, which parts of your, um, position and role with Shepherd, have you found the most rewarding? We've talked about a lot of things that, that are are very rewarding um, as far as just being able to in, um, invest in and love on on kids and 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 people in the neighborhood. But I just wonder which parts have been the most life giving for you. Yeah, that's that's a great question. I. I feel like there are a few different ones that I can think of right off the top of my head. 
and uh, most of them are just times when I'm talking to a kid and sometimes I think man like I don't know if what I'm saying is like really getting to him if he's really um, understanding this and mostly when we're talking about Jesus or God because I, I really do want to like you know plant that seed in them oh this is who Jesus is just so that they know at least like even if they get a little bit older, there there's that idea in their head and it will just encourage them to, okay, I need to find out more of, of who this guy is. Um, but obviously I, I don't want to push it too much and try to tell them, oh, like this is what everything that has happened. This is the whole Bible or anything like that. Right. So just, just starting off with something small and I'm like, I don't know if this is reaching them, but my favorite is when they come back the next day and they're like, oh, I told, I told mommy about this guy, Jesus, who who I think you said he, he died on the cross. Uh-huh. And he goes for like the things that are, are bad that I, I sometimes do. And I'm like, Oh, this kid is, is kind of getting it. Or like, they get it. Yes. And for me, that is the most fulfilling part of my job because yeah, like I said, this is setting them up for something. Even if their family doesn't talk about it, they have a start and they have an idea. And yeah. yeah so for me, I, I think oh, there's nothing nothing better than this nothing better than starting them off on this path and for honestly that's that seems like enough for me and I'm like okay I've done I've done my job because again it's like missions right there um because we go around the world to teach people about God and that that is what I get to do and I can do it on a daily basis and I just think that's great another part is I really enjoy talking to the parents sometimes as I said, I get to float around the building. So sometimes that looks like me sitting at the front desk and checking parents in and out, depending on what day it is or how busy we are. And I just like saying, hey, like, how are you? How is life? Or, or how's your heart doing today? Something like that. It just, it starts a nice conversation with the parent mm. and I get to learn, oh, like it's not going good right now. I just lost my job or so-and-so lost a job. And I'm like, okay, this is something that I can be praying for them for. And I can stay connected with them and keep checking in on them and just being consistent um yeah with what I do and if they're really you know if they need someone to reach out to I just try to make sure I'm available and if I see them say hey I remember when you said this was happening like how is it now or like what can I be doing to help and like our paraclete program that we have is really awesome because it sets that up for us is just staying connected with the families as they come through oh we check on them on a weekly basis or every other week basis but it's just nice to to see how people are doing and yeah and they stay in my head for the you know for the week or the two weeks or whatever and so oh every time I think about them oh I need to pray about that because this is what they're going through right now and and I need to pray for their kid because I see that kid every single day mm-hmm. and it be taking a toll on him or her so I would say those are two of my my favorite parts yeah, most thanks for sharing that part. Well, and that, thank you very much. I mean, you get to share the hope of Jesus with these kids and then through these kids with, with, you know, with their families. And that the next question that I was thinking about asking you, I think you already answered it. Um, but I've been learning about the, the Paraclete program. And what it sounds like to me is, is that as fellows, you have families that you're following up on and that you're checking in with and you're seeing how they're doing that, that may or may not be in your areas of responsibility and, and roles, um, but they connect you to the neighborhood outside of your specific tasks. And they're, and they're, and they're on purpose um, relational uh, connections. This isn't, I mean, it's, maybe it's an assignment, but more than being a part of a job, it's being a, it's being a neighbor 
and it's it's being a friend. And Carolina yeah. is, is she is she the one that oversees the Paraclete program? Yeah, she's the one that takes the lead on it. Yep. Okay. And so, just could you just um, explain that a little bit more about the Paraclete? I mean, you shared it in the context of, of what you're doing, but just what does that mean for for you as a fellow? What does it mean for the other fellows um, mm -hmm. as they participate in the Paraclete? Um, uh, program would you call it a program endeavor project they're not project they're people you know yeah I don't just like my neighbor or they're called your neighbors and, or and yeah I just call them my paracletes that's mostly what I go by but yeah it's that's it's the initiative program. that's like that's 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 what this that's what this purpose is, is but you're about to describe what it means yes yeah so each yeah each of us fellows and staff I believe um are given like a handful of five uh families I think you I think you have the most you can have is five so we have just these families that we get given and the intention is yeah to just reach out to them stay connected with them and make sure that um any needs that we can help with are being met and also just yeah be praying for them and it's great um obviously you have you have some families that they just don't really want to reach out too much. So you, you get to learn, okay, this family really likes it when I, when I reach out to them and talk to them every single week, um, we check in on each other and I make sure that they're doing good. And if there's anything I could be praying for them for, and it's, it's great because I get to learn sometimes even about their kids too. And I get to talk to some of their kids, um, and you just kind of get to be part of the family after a while. Um, and then there are others that, okay, maybe just talking with them once a month is, is good enough for them. And they don't really want, um, to do more with that. And that's fine. And we just, we just want to work with them and maybe in the future, they would like to talk to you more and it just depends on it. But for my more consistent families that really want me to reach out to them, it's been great. Cause I, yeah, you get to learn about them um, where they're working or what their kids are doing and it's awesome because like, after a while you just, you're talking on the phone with them you're like oh hey how's so-and-so like oh she's doing good she just got she's got done with this it's summer and she's going to be starting camp at this thing and you're like oh that's awesome um and it, a lot of them just really like having someone to talk to I know for some of the girls at the house like their paracletes like give them food or like they're selling food and they're like hey would you like to buy some and so you really it is kind of a family, you kind of become part of the family, uh, and you get to keep up with them and check in on everybody. It's not just the person that, like, was officially your paraclete, because you get, like, the one person, but it's, like, them and their family, or them and whoever they want you to meet. Yeah. Um, so I, I really enjoy it. Yep. I was, I was, I was thinking I knew, thank you for explaining that. I was thinking I knew what the definition of paraclete was, and I, I know that it has to do with the Holy Spirit, but as I looked it up real quick, it's, the Holy Spirit as advocate or or a counselor, and so you mm. you guys in your roles as as fellow as uh, a part of the fellowship get to be advocates for friends and 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 neighbors nearby, um, and you may know one family member better than others, but you're you're connected to them um, through them, advocating and through the Spirit, um, you know, the Holy Spirit is our counselor. And helps us and, yeah. and, and advises us, but having advocates that are that are helping us to to champion the life giving things and and encourage us that way, we we need that. And I just think that's 
that's an amazing thing that I've learned about recently about um, the fellows and um, one of the areas that you take on. Um, I, I have, um, let's see, I have a couple other questions. Which one do I want to do first? What are you enjoying about Indianapolis? Because you get the weekends off. Ooh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do you like to, what do you like, where do you like to go? What do you like to get out and do? What's around? So, you know, Ohio, living in a little tiny part, it's really small, a little town. There's not a lot of places to go. So moving here, I really like that you get the little city feel. But like if you keep driving, you can get like, you know, your suburban area, too. It's all kind of just in there. So I yeah. love coffee and I love that there are so many coffee shops available here. So it's awesome. On the weekend I can go be like, hey, you want to go grab coffee? And they're like, oh great, which place are we going to go to? And be like, oh I've never tried this one or that one. And this one has really good, you know, mocha or whatever. So I really like going to different ones and just yeah, checking out different places. I know there's Ethiopian food here and since I'm Ethiopian, I love Ethiopian food. Um, and I can just go get that. And yeah, going into the city sometimes in the center or just going around the shops and looking around. I really enjoy being able to do that. Right on. What, give, give me your top one, two, three coffee places. Oh, that's, I, I still can't figure out if this is my favorite or I just like it because it's the most convenient. So I usually end up going to Need Hammer. Yep. And then there's one called that's just Hubbard. down the street right it's not too far away yeah yeah so we most of us um fellows usually go there or like meet up there because it's quick and we can all they have like a lot of indoor seating i really like um one called bova conti and mm. they have really good matcha there and they have it's just a really pretty place and they have really nice outdoor seating so you can sit and watch people walk by and usually all of the people have their dogs around that area so you get to see all the little dogs and will yeah you, it's really will you nice message me the, the name of that place so i have the spelling right i want to look that one up i'm not sure i've been there yet yeah Bova Concept, it's really great yeah of course sure. and hmm, there was i went to one i've only been to it once but i really liked it i think it's called hubbard and cravens oh, okay. and i think i think there's a couple of them around here but yeah it was, it was nice cool okay last question you know i was just thinking about why would somebody 19 20 years old want to commit a year of their life to uh, uh this urban ministry fellowship and you know you're hearing about it you you have a sister that was there and so you kind of you had some insider information more than a lot of people do before they commit um but I've just been thinking about that a lot recently about why would a young adult want to do this? I mean, mm -hmm. you, you do get paid. Um, um, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're not getting rich. You do get housing, you're living in community and that's cool. Mm -hmm. Maybe different. There's, there's some parts of that that are kind of like going to college or university. Um, yeah. But very, very different. You're close knit working, you're engaged in the same mission together. You know, going off to different classes and not, you're you're doing different things but you're doing it like for the same mission for the same purpose to break the, the cycle of poverty on the near side of indianapolis and as a part mm -hmm. of shepherd's continuum of care um you're getting some meals but you're on your own for some meals um 
and then you have all these different positions that that fellows can serve in. So, why would a young adult want to do this? Oh, another great question. Um, honestly, I think I think the mission itself of yeah, we're just connecting with people that are in poverty and in my I think about this all the day in my head but like if if we won't fight for them then who will and that just yeah it just plays in my head because a lot of these people they don't they don't have anybody to fight for them not and they don't know they don't have any connections they don't know where they can oh there there's a place that they can reach out where we can help them whether it's with food um with clothing with oh I need someone to watch my kid but a lot of these people they don't have those kind of things um and they they feel hopeless or they don't know where they can go they don't have anybody to talk to and and I do not know on the top of my head but you know the the verse that says like oh when I when I was didn't have any clothes like um you gave me clothes or like when I didn't have a place to sleep I I don't know it quite well, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, I think it's Matthew twenty-five ish. I was in prison. You came to visit me. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was hungry. You gave me something to eat. Yes, and thank it's you. The, it's, the she, it's the sheep and the goats. And I'm just paraphrasing yeah. here. You know, I'm just ripping off what you're saying. But yeah, we're in the we're in the same chapter. We're, we're we we yeah. know what we're talking about. Yes, people can kind of get the, yeah, people get the idea. Right. But um, I love that verse because really like I'm in no better position or any lower position than to offer what I have and this is what I have this this job that enables me to yeah to talk to somebody who'd be like hey I I I have this I have water I have you know I even if it's a little money that I make I have this and I can help you with it and so I just believe that everyone can use what they have even if it's little to help others and I think Shepard does a great job of yeah of connecting people with things that they need and lifting up this area that yeah a lot of people I think are really hopeless and I want to be here to be a light to them and so I that's why I do what I do um I can't Mm. say it's the same for everyone but for me it's as simple as that and just really dying to myself dying to my rights um I I think I would work here even if I was making nothing or I won't tell anybody oh yeah please don't lower my pay (laughs) but no I think I would you know it just I feel like this is where I need to be and this is where God wants me to be and that is the number reason why I do it and you know I know that God has it all and so I don't worry about myself and he says like don't don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has enough worries of its own and I just want other people um, in this neighborhood to not have to worry and know hey there is god there is a god and he is fighting for you and i get to be a part of that and i love that that's beautiful and that that matthew passage again i mean jesus they, they say when did when did we do these things and the lord uh-huh. says you know whenever you did it to the least of these you you did it for me and and exactly. so we we as followers of christ just embrace this that we're doing this because the Lord wants us to do it. And we're doing it because we care about these people because the Lord cares about these people. And when we do it unto them, we're doing it unto him, but we're not earning anything. We're not gaining anything. We've been gifted grace just as much as anybody else, but we're able to share that um, with others. And you're doing that unto others 
in in the name of the Lord, obviously from beginning to end of this of this conversation. And that's super inspiring to me. Um, thank you for sharing with me. Thanks for taking time at the end of a week on a Friday. And you yeah. just kind of sailed off into the into the sunset of this day and, and the weekend. And you chose to do this. And I'm grateful for that. So thank you, Renette. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm glad I was able to be a part of it. I know I I didn't get all my facts straight, but that's okay. <laughs> it's not, a, it's, hey, we're, we're talking mostly about relationship here. And um, I'm, I'm not a great, like, factual guy. I'm not, I'm not trying to zing anybody by, by any stretch. Um, but sometimes I just get confused and I need to ask clarifying questions. I, is there anything, just as, as we wrap up here, any parting thoughts, anything that's on your mind or your heart um, to share with, with me or anybody else that might listen? And, and then we'll call it good for today. Hmm, any parting thoughts? I'm, I would just say, I think I know that I have moments of my week where things get really discouraging. Um, but yeah, we just got to keep pushing on and see what God has in store for us because, you know, he's in the, he's in the hard times, but he's also in the good times. And we have to, yeah, just know that his work is still there to be done. And so we, you just got to be the ones to do it. And sometimes it isn't, doesn't look pretty, but that means you just keep going still. So I feel like that's been on my heart throughout the week. So appreciate you sharing that with me. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah, Awesome. Well, if, if I, if we don't have contact before then I'll see you at virtual devotions on Tuesday evening. Yes. I will be there. (laughs) All right. Have a good night and a good weekend. Thank you. You Bye. Bye. Bye.